To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces, year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark, now part of the Unconfined Network. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Uh, I'm excited about this. It's been a long time coming. Uh, I just happened to be on Facebook one day and I saw that my guest um, did a Hall of Fame speech and I was just blown away because uh, I did not know that she uh, was in the Hall of Fame. And we have Sally here today. How's it going, Sally? It's going pretty good, pretty good. Now, what a extremely long and tiresome homestand we just had. I'm still tired. <laughs> uh, yes, but I didn't take in all of the games, so uh, I'm not so tired. Yes, I don't think I've ever done two doubleheaders in one homestand, yeah. and I probably never will again. <laughs> and extra innings. Yes. <laughs> yes, extra innings, extra innings. So, uh I want to jump right into it real quick. I, I sort of teased it. I saw on Facebook one day that you uh, were in a Hall of Fame, and I had no idea. So uh, let's start there. Uh, talk about this Hall of Fame you're in and how you even got to that point. Okay. Well, um, I coached uh, volleyball both at Crown Point High School, Varsity, and at Andrean High School, both here in Indiana. And uh, so I got the letter from uh, Andrean that said that they were going to induct me into the Hall of Fame. Well, you could have knocked me over with a feather. I obviously wasn't expecting anything like that. So my my journey basically was, um, you know, I got really involved in uh, volleyball through officiating. And uh, I was able to officiate two state uh, championships. And then um, when the when the coach from Crown Point was going to leave, she asked me if I would take over. Uh, So that's kind of how it all started. 
Now, what started your love for the sports? Like, what what made what started what what got you into it? Well, I was always uh, involved in sports, even though it was before Title IX, where we uh, didn't get equal opportunity. Uh, so once I got to Purdue, then they did have some sports where we could um, participate and play other schools. So that kind of got the love of um, volleyball, basketball. Uh, those two were kind of my loves. And then uh, once I uh, got married, there was no basketball available. So I kind of went with uh, volleyball as far as for adults. So that's where I kind of created the um, interest and skill knowledge and fundamentals starting there. Now, you are in Indiana. Uh, is that where you were born and raised? Or did you just move there? No, I was born and raised in a small town, a little, probably 60 miles south of Crown Point, Kentland. And uh, so... Uh, we didn't have sports when I was in high school. That's why uh, once I got to Purdue, it was like, this is awesome. Now, how did you decide on Purdue? Is this something Indiana's want to do? They want to go to uh, either uh, U of I or they want to go to Purdue. How did you decide on Purdue? Uh, well, I had taken some classes. I didn't go uh, to college the first year because uh, I didn't have the money. So I took some classes at night at Purdue. Um, and so then I just continued because uh, it was close enough that I commute to get those classes. Okay. So tell us about Sally growing up. A good student, a, a bad child, a good child, a spoiled child. Tell us about Sally, the kid growing up. Well, I probably was a little ornery uh, and I wasn't <laughs> the best student other than in math and uh, the sciences. So you take history and English and things like that, uh, that wasn't something that I was interested in. So when I got around, and actually, I, I went to school in Goodland, and then uh, my junior year, I went to Kentland. I probably hadn't even thought about going to college until I went to Kentland, because everybody there was talking about going to college, going to college. I thought, well, that sounds like a good idea. So that's how I kind of got uh, interested in even participating in going to college. Now, you brought up Title IX, and uh, as obviously I'm a, I'm a male, so um, I don't know how it affects people directly, but by being a male, but I'm just curious, so when Title IX, Title IX came about, was there still any pushback for having women, uh, you know, involved in sports in that way, or, or was it a smooth sailing? Well, I think the first few years they didn't offer scholarships say for the full team i know uh, i think it was nebraska was one of the first schools to have a scholarship volleyball player and then i think it was three years later before they got enough scholarships for the full team okay so how do you what do you think about women and sports uh today obviously uh the men probably still make the most money but do you think they were going in the right direction or um, what do you think how we are, how have we come since Title IX began? What do you think? Oh, I think it's given uh, the women a lot of opportunity to um, make careers out of sports, whether you're talking coaching or uh, broadcasting. 
all you know going to pros which now we have basketball so that's awesome for them but uh yeah i think title nine has just opened up all kinds of doors you know it's like even the idea of getting a scholarship you can get your education now you know and not have to pay the big bucks you know so that's that's great for them now i had a debate not a debate but a discussion on this show actually with some people about should there be um female umpires in baseball and some said no there should not because you don't want a manager it would look bad having them yelling yell in their face and and as managers do and then some said yes we should have female umpires in baseball doesn't matter the optics how it looks what what, are you, what do you say about uh female umpires in baseball well i kind of go back to um so before Title IX, we had what was called GAA, where the uh, coaches volunteered, and they were all female. And then once it got to the point where they were paying coaches, then you had um, men filtering into the coaching positions. So I think for women, uh, turnabout's fair play. Okay. I think any opportunity they get, if they've got the skills to do it, then, then they should be allowed. Now, do you think that it would, you know, I'm trying to think, like, for example, Lou Pinella, who would just go off on umpires and things like that. Do you think his approach would have been different if it was a female umpire he was yelling at, or do you think it'd be the same? Oh, I don't think it would be any different because that comes from more of an emotional point of view. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I did a lot of officiating for volleyball. And my... um, conclusion was as long as you as the umpire or referee keep things under control then they respect you for that okay okay now let's go and talk about uh the cubs now are you a cubs fan or just just like me i just found that i just found the cubs because i had the job there i'm a fan now but uh were you a cub fan or did the job make you a fan uh i was a cub fan from the time i was uh Little, little, you know, we would come home from school because at that point all the games were uh, day games and come home from school, turn on WGN and follow the Cubs. So that's how I became a Cub fan. Now, what would make a person who lived in Indiana want to travel to Wrigley Field to uh, work all these games? (laughs) Oh, love of the game. Um, You know, and that was, and maybe it was part of my, bucket list but once you get there and you connect with other cub fans other people they are just phenomenal people and it's like a whole new family and you know what's not to love about that now you are um get the chance to go and visit club 400 for the first time uh you got to see that uh, masterpiece of a basement that Stu has we were there for the market showman event what was your impression of Club 400 when you saw it for the first time? Uh, you you just can't take it all in. Yes. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, you look at this wall and it's just, you know, they've got all the jerseys and then you're looking to see what, you know, what they wrote about it, the, the autographs that different people have put out. I mean, it's just, you could probably spend one the whole time just looking at, one wall or one room it's phenomenal and then you got to meet and uh, also hear from uh, marcus stroman what was that like 
really nice. I mean, he uh, and actually, I was sitting in the room where the um, chairs are, to, you know, like the studio type thing, and he went over and signed his wall uh, right over there in the corner. So I got a chance to talk to him uh, when he was doing that. So it was, you know, he's very personable and, you know, has uh, got some good goals both professionally and uh, helping out with uh, citizens and community. Yes, uh, I did not know until I got there that all the kids that were there from the South Side, beforehand, he had asked their um, organization for all of their sizes, and he custom-made jerseys for each one of them. I did not know that. That's amazing. He's a pretty good guy. (laughs) Yes, yes. That was... That was above and beyond. Uh, and, I, and a lot of those silent auction gifts that were there that were signed by Patrick Wisdom and Arietta, he actually got that himself. So he was really into that and his foundation. So uh, it, was, it's, it was cool to see that that uh, is still going on, even though Rizzo is not here with us, but the foundation that somebody else is still doing um, the much needed work uh, that is going on. Uh, now I ask everybody this question, and that is, what were you doing? Uh, where were you at when the Cubs won the World Series? Oh, okay, I was uh, at my sister's. Uh, it was uh, my sister, my brother-in-law, and uh, her son's family. And we were sitting there uh, just, I mean, it was amazing that we were, like, on the verge, and then we weren't on the verge. So when the rain delay came, it was like... Um, some of us were going to leave, and then we saw that they were taking the tarp up right away, so we ended up staying, and it was just like jumping all over the place, giving hugs, um, following, you know, the players and their reactions and stuff. Now, uh, being somebody that works – I'm going to get back to the Cubs in a minute. I just want to get this one point that I forgot about earlier, but being somebody that works uh, – has worked with young people and coaching – uh, what are your thoughts on some of the gun violence that is going on right now, especially in schools and the thought about, you know, maybe arming teachers and uh, mental, mental illness? What are your thoughts on what's going on there? Uh, yeah, I just, uh, a matter of fact, I almost wore my uh, stop gun violence shirt for our interview, but uh, I, I just don't understand uh, how they can at least not change the age and uh, ban assault rifles. I I don't want to take guns away from everybody, but I've been reading like uh, some of the other countries like Canada and I think it was New Zealand or Austria. You know, as soon as they had one mass shooting, they ban assault rifles. So I don't understand. Well, I, I do. I think it's all about money, but it's just morally so so horrendous i i can't believe that the politicians are holding their ground you know that uh, we can't do anything well you know and just to play devil's advocate the other side will say that it's about it's not about guns it's about mental illness it's not about guns it's about taking god out of school uh you know where do you stand on that on, you know what the other side says is the, is the real issue yeah, their other one is that there's too many doors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think all these other countries have mental illness also. I mean, I don't think we're the only country that has mental illness, but they don't have 
anywhere near the number of mass shootings that we do. So I think that that's, um, you know, they they just want to throw out more stuff to de deflect away from what the real problem is. Okay. Hey guys, Joe Flaherty again, and I'm excited to tell you about one of our newest partners, Athletic Greens. Having been involved in the health and fitness space for over a decade, I've heard a lot of great things about their AG1 formula, from the taste to the quality of ingredients and the comprehensive nature of the product itself. So after they reached out to partner with us, I did a little bit more digging and I was blown away by what I found. So you might be asking, what exactly is this stuff anyways? Well, AG1 is a blend of 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to support nearly every system in the body. One serving a day benefits your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy levels, recovery ability, pretty much any process your body goes through, AG1 can lend a helping hand. Now I have this stuff in my shopping cart as we speak and I'm most looking forward to a few things. First, I've been taking dozens of different supplements for years now and sometimes 10 different powders and pills from 10 different bottles can get a bit overwhelming. But AG1 offers simplicity. You can easily swap a single scoop of AG1 for a whole shelf of single ingredient products and be no worse for wear. And by the way, you stand to save a whole lot of money switching from a boatload of products to just one. Trust me, because I've been down that path before. Secondly, AG1 is a portable product you can take with you on the go. I'm a huge believer in the benefits of creating good health habits, and the fact that you can take AG1 with you anywhere is an easy way to ensure you're getting the nutritional support you need each day, no matter where you're waking up. And I don't know about you guys, but I always tend to get pretty beat up by traveling, and unfortunately, I often find myself spending most of my vacations nursing a cold. Well, AG1's formula can offer the immune support you need to kick that cold to the curb or even avoid it in the first place and let you really enjoy yourself no matter how long you've been in an airport or an Uber. And the kicker is, all the ingredients in AG1 are highly bioavailable, meaning your body can actually absorb the nutrition you're giving it. And I can't tell you how many times I've run into this issue of poor absorption and how bad you feel realizing that the only thing that expensive supplement you bought did was burn a hole in your wallet. With AG1, you have a nutritional insurance policy based on the latest scientific research, which is big for me, all for less than $3 a day. And if you don't believe me, AG1 has over 7,000 five-star reviews on their site to help point you in the right direction. So it's time to reclaim your health with just one scoop of AG1 a day. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com emerging. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash emerging, E-M-E-R-G-I-N-G, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hey, Wrigley fam, Kat Garcia here. You may remember me from my days working with y'all at the ballpark before I became a full-time baseball writer. Well, I'm here to tell you that now I'm back and I've started a new podcast too. It's called Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia. Since I left to pursue my career in sports journalism, I've met so many incredible journalists and media members, even some outside of the scope of sports. And all of these folks are people whose work you already read or may be familiar with. And one of my favorite things about working in this industry has been hearing all of the great advice, lessons learned, and the sometimes downright hilarious stories that have been swapped over drinks with all sorts of incredible journalists and people. And oftentimes, I wish that our audiences were around for these truly authentic, fun, and sometimes candidly booze-infused conversations. 
So I decided I'm bringing them to you in podcast form. Join me for Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia, where I sit down with some of your favorite people in sports and journalism, like Lawrence Holmes, Scott Merkin, Maddie Lee, and Brett Taylor, just to name a few, to show you what life in sports and journalism is really like. So pour yourself a tall one or grab a hot coffee and join us. Grab a Drink with Kat Garcia is available now on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow the show on Twitter for updates, info on past episodes, and more at at grabadrink underscore pod. Cheers and happy listening. Club 400 Ballpark Lager is a beer for all nine innings. Take me out to the ball game. This crisp, easy drinking lager is perfect for a summer day amongst the bricks and ivy. Crafted at Crystal Lake Brewing, this beer is clean and refreshing with minimal bitterness so that you can celebrate a W in style. From Club 400, Cubs fans helping Cub fans, this baseball brew can be found at most places that sell beer in Northwest Illinois or from Crystal Lake Brewing. Beer master Ryan Clooney. Enjoy a beer or six-pack today, and please remember to drink responsibly. Reboots, reunions, reruns. No matter where you turn, everyone is going back to revisit Nostalgic TV. Join us on a journey back in the day as we look at your favorite Black 90s sitcoms like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, A Different World, Living Single, and Moesha. We break down a new sitcom and episode per week, discuss why the show was relevant at the time and still holds up today, discuss its impact, and laugh at how different things were back in the day or how they stay the same. Check out Back in the Day with Tanya and Cheryl now on your favorite podcast app and come on a 90s Black sitcom journey with us. Let's get back to baseball. What, what do you think about your Cubbies this year? What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts uh, on, on this team that we have? Oh, they're fun to watch. Well, you know, what do you think about them? Yeah, they, they really are. And I've got, you know, I've got some of the, the older ones like uh, Frank the Tank. I, I got him. Um, his uh, fans were sitting kind of up in my section. And so, uh, you know, I interacted with them. They are so much fun. And so is he, you know, and I like wisdom, you know, because here you are, these guys have been in the minor leagues for most of their career and they're actually getting to play regularly. So, so anything that they do, I just love it, you know, and then you look at some of the younger guys like that, uh, Saya and, uh, Christopher, you know, those, those are exciting to watch too. I mean, Christopher's just come out. Well, actually, so did Saya, uh, out of the box, just hitting all over the place. And so that's, exciting for the future because they're you know they're younger so um something to build around and even um Egan thomas thompson mm-hmm. yeah now last night he didn't have a good game but you know he's six and one so we'll take it <laughs> yeah yeah we'll take it um now how did you even hear that the cubs were hiring to even apply how did you even how did you even find out about the job well, I had been to a game and I'd ask a couple of people and, you know, they said, uh, oh, you just go on in January. And uh, so I waited one year too many because I wasn't there for the World Series. Okay. After that and uh, got started. So that was really exciting 
to go through the process. You're not sure if you answered the questions right. I hope I get it. And then when you get the the notice that you are hired, it was uh, really exciting. Called my daughters, called my sister, you know. So, yeah. Someone asked me, uh, you know, why do I keep coming back every year, every year? And I tell them, I really feel like every day is different than the next day. Like no two days are the same. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, do you feel the same way? Oh, yeah. And and I think uh, along with uh, coworkers, but the fans are, you know, so exciting because, you know, once you start interacting with them and, you know, I've got a few little trivia things that I uh, bring out to kind of get us connected. So, yeah, so the, you're right. You know, it's uh, I'm usually in the same spot. But the fans are all different, and uh, and it's just exciting. And each game is different. So, and this this has been a very odd weather sequence that I have noticed. Uh, maybe maybe we've had it before, but I, I woke up yesterday. It was fifty degrees. I'm like, I got to get my coat, and it's June. Um, I don't think I've ever experienced weather like this uh, in in a while. I should say. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, we had that one day of uh, eighty degrees, and and. So the next day I thought I looked at the weather and I go, oh, I think I can get by with, you know, just my medium jacket and man, oh, the whole night. It was like, okay, never again. Yeah. I old. Yes. Uh, so what, what do you do for fun? What, what hobbies do you have? You know, what do, what do you do for, what is Sally doing for fun these days? Well, I do uh, some golf, not a lot. Uh, I used to golf quite a bit. Uh, I golfed with my uh, grandson, and he would call me up and say, Grandma, uh, you want to go golfing? Well, now he's in the Marines, so I don't have anybody kind of pulling me out to get that uh, that going. Uh, so that was kind of the main thing. At this age, anybody can play golf. So, you know, I kind of my gym shoes for volleyball and softball. and Okay. Uh, so obviously, um, uh, you work. You started with the Cubs in 2017. Yes. Uh, what, what did you do before the Cubs? What, what were you employed at? What were you doing before the Cubs? Okay, so I was a teacher uh, until like 2000, and uh, then I retired. And a friend of mine was into dealing in a casino, so she said. And my family always loved cards, and she. I can get you in a class if you want. So I started dealing in a casino and did that for another 20 years. And uh, I drive people to the airport. So that's kind of, along with the Cubs, that's what I do. Okay. Now, earlier you said, you know, some coworkers and you, you make long-lasting uh, friends there. What are some people, people that you met when you first started that are still your friends today? Well, it was interesting because I, uh, uh, one of the um, uh, company picnic uh, mid-season, uh, Pat Mariner came up to me and she goes, are you Sally? And I go, yeah. And she goes, your sister knows my brother. So my sister that lives in Park Ridge played um, uh, pickleball with Bob. Okay. And that whole circle kind of kept going as far as checking in and how's Bob doing and things like that. 
So yeah, Pat, and then um, uh, Debbie Gabriel because she's a Indiana person also, and it was kind of the same thing. She says you're from Indiana, yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. and so then, you know, it just seemed like that the circle kind of spread as far as uh, uh, Carol McTaggart and you know some of the like. Uh, Elise and Mary and all those guys. So it just, it just, our class just bonded and had lots of uh, uh, camaraderie amongst each other. So the circle has gotten really big. Now, I have lived my whole life without ever hearing about pickleball. You have to explain to me what pickleball is. I've never heard that in my entire life. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I don't know a whole lot about it because I've never played it, but it's kind of a combination of tennis and ping pong, I think. Oh. So it's played on a tennis court, but it's smaller. They've got special lines. And the paddle that you use is a kind of an oversized uh, ping pong paddle. And they have rules as far as there's something called the kitchen that you can't go in the kitchen but once and you can't stay in there it's kind of like the three second rule in basketball so I don't know but it's very um, uh, the elders you uh, elders play it a lot and usually doubles because then you don't have to cover quite as much area but um, that's on my bucket list too is I'd like to learn the rules I played once and I didn't know the rules. I got too frustrated because they were calling me out on things that I was doing wrong. And I'm going, what? I, yeah. I know that one of our managers, uh, Sam Thrower, is a huge uh, volleyball person. You might have to connect with her one day. She loves, loves, loves volleyball. I think she played volleyball in high school or college, but I know Sam loves volleyball. She, uh, she played at IU. Ah, okay. And so when I came in for my interview, she was one of the ones, and we bonded right away because somehow I came up volleyball. So, yeah. Now, I don't cook, but I love food, and I love to eat. So, and I <laughs> ate probably three or four plates at Club 400 when we were there. <laughs> but um, uh, what are some of your favorite uh, foods or things to make? Well, uh, at this point, I pretty much don't cook. So I, my favorite foods would be a good, good steak or a good pizza. Um, those two probably are at kind of the tops of the list. Any favorite restaurants? Well, uh, there's a there's an Italian restaurant in Valpo. It's called uh, it's called uh, Pesto's. And their food is excellent. Uh, I remember Valpo when they were in the NCAA tournament and they were all yep. over the news and they were uh, winning and all. How are they doing now? I haven't heard of them in a while. How, how, how Valpo are they doing now? Uh, yeah, they're, they're just kind of, uh, that was when uh, Homer Drew was the coach. Yeah. And uh, he's, he's since left. I think uh, one of the sons, coached there for a little bit and then uh he went to Brigham Young or Baylor yes I think it was, I think it was BYU I think yeah uh they're just kind of okay uh that they are 
not lighting up any lights. Okay, all right. So I would let my guests ask me a question if they have a question. Do you have a question you want to ask me? Oh, my. <laughs> oh. Well, one question. What do you think about uh, the gun situation? Ah, what do you the gun situation? I, I, first of all, I think me and you are on the same page. Um, when I hear people, when I hear, I think it was Marjorie Taylor Greene, I think she said, um, uh, the reason we're having this problem, it's not a gun problem, it's because we took God uh, out of the school problems. And uh, even as a young kid, I've heard that, and I never understood it because I was always taught that, you know, God is omnipresent. He can go anywhere. He's everywhere at all times. Uh, so it was just hard as a kid, as a 12-year-old, it was hard for me to believe that God can go to all these places, but he can't get through the walls of a school because of the law that says that he can't go there. I, I never understood the, this idea that, you know, God can't go to school or he's taken out of school. You can pray privately to yourselves. Um, yeah. So I, I just believe that, you know, you have to make Joe Biden or and our Democrats look bad. That is really the answer. You cannot, you know, I don't believe anybody who as a Republican can do anything, whether they want to or not, to support anything that is Democratic. And I think vice versa sometimes, not just, I mean, vice versa. Politics have gotten so... You're, you're on your side and you stay on your side and nobody can help the other side because then they'll lose an election. So I just feel like, you know, we'll never get anything done for that reason. Uh, but I do think that it is a gun problem. People have mental health and as you said, in other countries and they don't have the same problem we have. We, we, you know, we're not un unique to mental health. Uh, and people with mental health, they're not picking up plastic forks. They're picking up guns. <laughs> yeah. If they were picking up plastic forks, we wouldn't have this problem. But right. they're picking up guns because there are so many of them and there's easy access to them. And also, and it's going to sound bad, but I don't believe that all of these gun issue problems are mental health related. Some may be uh, mental health related. I don't, believe that, I don't believe that all of them are. We can't just give a blanket and say, you know, that they're all because the person was mentally, uh, you know, insane. Um, there's gun violence in Chicago on the streets uh, in New York. In the South, there's gun violence. Are they all insane? No, there's just a lot of guns out there. We have a gun problem. So, um, and I'm sure that's probably a controversial answer, but that's that's where I stand. Yeah, I yes, I agree. I mean, it's like instead of uh, solving our disagreements now with talking or uh, fists, we now have the guns. So let's just shoot them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, so before I let you go, that is one trivia. One trivia. Uh, oh boy! Person. If you answer this question correctly, two of our Patreon supporters will get a prize. And today we're, you're playing for uh, blah, 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 Pamela Brand. You're okay. For, and uh, oh, Debbie Gabrielle. You're playing for those oh. two people. <laughs> Ironically. Um, yeah. So one question, and then um, you will be playing for them. So. Right now, the iconic Wrigley Field scoreboard is red. Um, and at one point, it was purple for Northwestern. Uh, what other color was the iconic uh, marquee, I should say, in front of Wrigley Field? It's red now. It was purple for Northwestern. Um, what other color was the marquee? Well, I'm, I happened to look up there the other day from behind, and I saw green. So I'm yes. going to green. Yes, uh, green and then uh, had like yellow or gold starts on the side. However, as you know, the Bears played there before. 
and those were uh, Packer colors. So they had to uh, change it, and we got red. So uh, Pamela Brand, Debbie, uh, you have two weeks to hit us up for a prize that uh, Sally just won for you. Uh, but Sally, thank you very much uh, for joining me. I'm going to jump out of here and get back under the cover because I'm cold in my own house. <laughs> oh, my. Okay. Yes, I am. Uh, I am. Uh, I get cold fast. I have a cold. I have it in my throat. You can't hear it. I got it in my throat right now. <laughs> so do I. Yes, and I agree with you. Cold is. Uh, yeah, I can't handle it. Yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, thank you very much, and thank you all for listening. And we will catch you all on the next episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. <laughs> Hey guys, if you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but the Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding Mistaken Identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search Mistaken Identity Podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. To check out the network's other show offerings, head to unconfinednetwork.com. That's all one word, Unconfined Network. Com to view all of our shows and their catalogs. Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty for the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. Hey, it's Frank from the Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark podcast. Listen, I get so many messages, emails, phone calls about investing because I talk about it so much on this show that I can't respond to them all. But what I've decided to do is do a class on Patreon for all of our supporters in two categories. For those that are 40 and under and those that are 40 and older because investing is different based on your age. I get asked, Frank, what is an NFT that these young folks are talking about? What is cryptocurrency? Or I hear about Frank. Is it time to readjust my 401k? What's the best life insurance to get? What about life insurance that has living benefits? Or the big one, I just got a raise at my job. It's 2%, but inflation is 7%. Did I really get a loss? I have also noticed a trend. A lot of parents and or grandparents are starting to understand that the cost of college is skyrocketing. 
and they know that it is better to invest when your child is younger as opposed to later on. And I've recently been talking about how I have gotten some real estate and some stocks and some other investments into Jordan's name so that he is taken care of if something were to ever happen to me. I'll break all of that down, how I did that, how you leave stuff to your children or loved ones in a will and all that good stuff on these investing sessions. Talking about all that and more on our Patreon page every week. Go and get it, patreon.com slash mistaken identity podcast. Let's get investing and generational wealth together.